This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel at tdjacobs.com. And, uh, sorry, I'm a little out of breath. I just ran last minute to, to get something I wanted to have for the show from another floor in my house, so I can't hide it anyway. Um, I had like 40 seconds, and I was like, oh, should I do it? And yeah, I wanted to have it. Uh, it's actually um, a piece of tiger iron because I've started uh, cutting and polishing my own pieces, and I'm going to make these uh, available to, uh, to anyone who's interested, uh, really helping uh, the grounding process. So I know you're going to hear more about that from me over the next few months, but I wanted to bring down the first piece and have it with me during the show. So today is kind of a an interesting topic. Kira, uh, uh, my producer, commented to me when we got on the on the horn tonight. It's different and unexpected, and it is um, talking about uh, Russia's uh, basically Russia's gay problem, LGBT problem, and Russia seems to think that the existence of such people is a problem. But from our perspective, from my perspective, the problem is that they think that the existence of these people is a problem. So so I'm going to look at some charts. I'm going to look at um, a chart for the Russian uh, Federation. I'm going to look at Putin's chart, Vladimir Putin, the president. Um, and I'm just going to talk about uh, the Cardinal Grand Cross, more specifically in um, uh, the Russian uh, chart for the state, for the country, uh, because it is activating a Mars Uranus square that's in that chart. So your, your retro Uranus and Capricorn square, uh, tightly square within a degree, uh, Mars and Aries, and and they're both at eight degrees. So uh, I think it's it's really interesting to look at how um, you know sometimes a country is asked to change, and I'm going to look at Putin's chart a little bit just to include. Uh, include that because um, he's the he's the face of some of these processes uh, of, of certain you know he's the the spokesperson so to speak of a lot of a lot of the the ways the country is uh, resisting uh, change in well that I guess that angle of being a modern developed uh, you know country. So first, a couple of announcements. Uh, I also have a listener question uh, from Victoria. So thank you for sending in this question. And she's going to – and I'm going to – well, she's going to ask me. She already asked me. <laughs> I'm going to talk about her natal son, Eris, E-R-I-S, that dwarf planet that's out beyond Pluto. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I think um, there's – there's um, you know, we're, we're playing with what to do with certain new discoveries, new bodies, including Eris. And actually, Nessus is uh, active in Putin's chart, which I'm going to talk about. Um, and a lot of people are looking and trying to come up with good ways of interpreting these bodies. And so I'm going to offer you some some uh, uh, broad stroke interpretations of those two in particular. But with Eris, you know, we're looking at it from a mundane perspective. We're looking at it uh, – we, we don't know if we should look at it from a personal perspective because its orbit – is so long, it's I think 557 years, that everybody, just about everybody alive on the planet, has Eris and Aries, which to the astrologer's linear logical mind says, well, don't pay attention to the sign. If you, you know, think about the, the, the first few decades of Pluto being included, uh, you can even still find texts uh, that say uh, it's a generational influence, don't pay too much attention to the sign it's in. Well, the fact that we all have it in Aries says that we as a collective are trying to learn about it through Aries. And so I give it equal importance as though, you know, as, as if it had a variety of things. So first I'm going to start off with some announcements. Um, the subscription service is uh, started on the 21st when, at the winter solstice of December. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I did 74 minutes worth of videos for subscribers covering in-depth 
all of uh, all the astrology stuff of the month, major aspect patterns, including the, the Grand Cross starting, uh, the new moon that was on the first, with the new moon conjunct Pluto Mercury activating the Grand Cross. Talking about Mars and Libra, talking about Mercury's entrance into Aquarius uh, later in January, not quite yet, um, and also a 17-minute channeled uh, meditation uh, that had to do uh, with that new moon on the first. So, so a bunch of people got that, and I've gotten some great feedback. I'm actually going to read uh, to you what Lynn in Canada has uh, has offered me. I just watched the four videos from month one of the subscription service. The information you discussed was exactly what I needed to hear and what I know I have to do but I've been putting off. It's definitely time to say something I need to say. But I, that's uh, what I was talking about with, with uh, Mars and Libra kind of as part of that. But I've been putting it off for fear of how it may affect others. Thanks so much for reminding me of what I have to do. I knew there was a very important reason why I joined this subscription service. So uh, you go to tdjacobs.com and you'll see a button that says subscription service. You can read all about it, including all of the perks uh, there's savings on just about everything I offer. I think literally everything but Soul's Journey Soundbites is listed on this uh, on this uh, discount list or savings list. So anyway, you can pay monthly or yearly. If you pay yearly, you're paying for 11 months. You get one month free. I'm just really excited to have a consistent thing to offer you. So that's a new thing, as well as you know the the, the vibe on this show tonight, looking at uh, some mundane or political stuff, uh, which I don't usually do. So I'm branching out. You know, it's uh, branching out, everybody gets to change uh, somewhat, and uh, you know, just make makes the show a little more interesting for me. Give you some different perspectives because I do think about some of these things, uh, politics and some mundane stuff. I do attempt, as of the last few months, to listen to the news at least to be somewhat aware. Though I admit, I was just on uh, Cameron Steele's uh, last, actually the last episode of Cameron Steele Presents. He he and his wife started a new show on Monday, but I was on and interviewed on the last part of the last show. Uh, an hour beforehand, and uh, and he asked me, you know, what I think about some political events, and I was absolutely blank. I was <laughs> totally in this Capricorn inner inner knowledge thing. The sun was on my IC, approaching my south node where it is now, and I said, yeah, I don't have any idea. But I do actually listen uh, to the news to try to stay uh, in touch. After several years of trying to avoid the uh, the frequencies of fear, and as I've said elsewhere, even uh, the articulate, well-educated, uh, calm fear of NPR is still fear, but you know it's probably the it's probably one of the best sources we can look for. But it is still uh, you know talking about all those things in that way. So uh, so let's uh, actually I want to do um, Victoria's question on Iris first, uh, just to make sure that I don't forget. Uh, we just pull uh, go to her chart. And I'm going to give you her data too, so you can pull up the chart if you like. Um, March 31st. 1969, 3.45 a.m. in Dublin, Ireland. That's Victoria, again, March 31st, 1969, 3.45 a.m. in Dublin, Ireland. And uh, and I, I appreciate her writing in. Uh, I appreciate uh, you, Victoria, writing in. Um, and also to share the data to give people a chance to learn a little bit about Iris. I think it's I think it's really, um, as I said, people are exploring it. We are doing research. And this is what needs to happen when... Uh, a new body is discovered. And this was discovered in early 2005, and it was a few years before it had uh, the name it has. There were some other names floating around, including Xena, uh, this idea of the, you know, the warrior princess Delio from the, from the TV. Uh, from the TV. Anyway, um, but, but Eris is the name that's decided. Eris means strife and discord. And what I'm doing with Eris is to look at um, how we deal with having our vulnerabilities exposed. So it's really the first time you're hearing this. There's actually um, uh, there's a, there are a number of book product book projects I have that are in process, and this one's about half done. So I've been thinking quite a lot about this over the last two years, um, and haven't talked about it a lot. So you're getting a little sneak peek here. How do we deal with our vulnerabilities being exposed? And what tends to happen is strife and chaos, discord, and sometimes competition can result if we don't feel safe. So where we have Eris in the birth chart is where we may be made an Eris figure by others, and that can be we in unintentionally or intentionally reveal somebody's vulnerability, and that person may strike out at us. This is all happening in Aries for all the people born since 1926. That's why I say most of the people on the planet have it in this sign. It kind of um, was in and out of uh, Pisces and Aries for 
I don't know, maybe three, four years before that, a few weeks in Aries at the beginning and then just a few weeks in Pisces towards the end. But full-time in Aries, uh, as I believe, late 1926. So um, you will unintentionally push people's buttons if you're an Eris figure. You will create discord. And this doesn't have to be a bad thing because you can choose to have that be growth-oriented if you're from a grounded, loving place and you're not trying to hurt somebody. Um, so uh, we look at Victoria's chart. Victoria actually has her son between Chiron and Eris. So the whole center of her being, her, you know, the way that her conscious personality attempts to organize itself is influenced by Eris and Chiron. That's a that's a that's a that's a double thing that makes Aries energy uh, kind of a unique expression for her. Um, as I said, if you are an Eris person, you may push other people's buttons. You may also have vulnerabilities where your buttons are pushed, and this is going to be this is going to be active for Victoria. And since the Mercury, or sorry, Mercury is there at one Aries as well, but since Chiron is conjunct this Sun, it's a double effect. Her Aries Sun works a little differently than a lot of people's Aries Suns. Um, and think about people you know who have Aries Suns, and look up if they have, or, or Aries Moons are important placements in, in Aries. Look up if they have uh, Eris conjunct this. It's really important to be aware because the, the Aries effect with Eris there alters everything. So, her, Victoria, your sense of self, your way of organizing personality, if you do it right, sun in the second, your value system, if you are bold, which is an Aries keyword, about your value system, if you take care of what you need to take care of, you set up the money and, and uh, resources, including time and energy in your life, you set them up the right way. You will push the buttons of other people. Sometimes that can be in people who want or expect things from you, uh, and you may find yourself needing to say no, but then Chiron is there as well. So do you say no? Because you're also very sensitive. Chiron is the energetic sensitizer, in addition to Neptune and Moon in our charts. Uh, and the Chiron story is covered in a book that has been published, Chiron 2012 in the Aquarian Age. Uh, the key and how to use it, and you can get that through Amazon and uh, and also Kindle and through tdjacobs.com. But so she, you know, the more assertive she is, the more hypersensitive she will be to other people reacting to her being assertive. And then uh, when she does it right, some other people will be uncomfortable and feel vulnerable, or in, in some extreme cases, temporarily or momentarily stripped bare and feeling like like a nerve is exposed or feeling really vulnerable, emotionally naked. And so then she's got to deal with that too. So, so Victoria, the, the, the advice, the suggestion is to be bold, but be unique in your, in your own Chiron way. But be bold and understand that if you are showing up and you're pushing someone's button unintentionally, but you're just doing what you need to do for yourself, then that person needs to have his or her button pushed. And this is a big, this is the big, uh, one of the big um, things about the Iris story is that you know what happens is one person says something unintentionally. The other person is kind of feeling, "How does she know that?" Or, you know, just quickly, unintentionally, knee-jerk style, reacting to feeling vulnerable, and that can be turning aggressive or being in competition. That's kind of what happens with Iris. So, Victoria, if you experience this, you know, the more firm you are about your value system and, you know, what you need to do for yourself and and putting up boundaries. Aries is about saying yes and no and being instinctive about it. If somebody says, hey, let's go do this, and you're clear you can't do it, and that person might make you wrong for saying no because you can't support somebody else's agenda or value system in that moment. You know, somebody else's motivation might be a little destructive or unhappy or something. I'm sure you've had that experience with this setup. But if you do it, then, you know, if other people make you wrong for it, you have to decide that it's okay and that you're not a bad person and that you just have to do what you have to do. So that's kind of um, the, the basic uh, the basic intro here to your to your Eris, uh, your Eris uh, thing. I, I will say that because you're your Sun and Chiron and Mercury and then a several asteroid, a couple asteroids in late Pisces, uh, they are all conjunct the Aries North Node. So some of this for you is, you know, there's a learning curve. When we have Sun on the North Node, where it means that the development of healthy ego and the way to organize a personality and, and how to take up space, shine, be creative, assert opinions, that is opposite the South Node, which is where you're coming from in a bunch of lives. Home base, comfort zone, 
what you prefer and where you'll retreat to it for safety. So sun, basically, nobody in a bunch of lives can teach you how to have a sun in Aries. And so you have to invent your own way of doing it. So I say all this, you know, the more assertive you are, you might push other people's buttons. People with a signature, including you, may uh, tentatively step out and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to do that Aries thing now. I get that Chiron sensitivity. I'm going to do it. And as soon as you do it, you might actually get a response from somebody else that makes you say, oh, yeah, I don't. I really, I really don't want to do that. And so I'm telling you that uh, the sun for you is, is in an interesting position, you know, conjunct Chiron and Eris and conjunct the North Node. So, so for you to inhabit this unique individuality and to allow others their discomfort, if you're being honest, be honest, you know, and don't take on other people's issues or fears about what you're saying. Sometimes, I mean, as this matures, and it may have done so already for you, because I, I don't know you, I don't know how you live these energies or how you live this chart. But eventually, if you're not there already, it'll look like you just being who you are without apology and ruffling some feathers and you lovingly looking back with compassion and understanding without even making a comment and just kind of being an example of trusting yourself, and even if it makes other people uncomfortable because you can't support something that they might want you to do with them that doesn't work for you. So there you go. Thanks for writing in, Victoria. And to everybody else, if you have a, a question about your chart or even just kind of an astrology question about, about house systems or planets or aspects or, or anything – you can write me at tom at tdjacobs.com. I'm happy to do that. You can also post on my Facebook page, Evolutionary Astrology and Channeling with Tom Jacobs. So I'm going to take my first break. Please stick with me. I'll be right back on the soul's journey. Hey, welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel. And uh, uh, doing something different on the show uh, today, I'm talking about um, Russia's LGBT problem. Um, there, there are a couple different things to say about this because, <clears throat> first of all, when I, look at, when I look at a person's chart, I'm always giving that person the benefit of the doubt that he or she is a soul having a human experience. And what goes with that is – Frankly, doing a lot of stupid crap until we learn how to do smarter stuff, smarter crap, and then smarter stuff, and then great stuff. So that's kind of a, a, a projector, project, trajectory or progression that each of us is traveling. So when I look at a group of people – oh, and actually next week, by the way, I'm going to do a show on the soul's journey of the new pope. So that's going to be very exciting, Pope Francis. Again, giving him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but anyway, so um, back back to Russia. We're going to be world traveler this month. Um, so looking at a society as a work in progress, just like we look at a person as a work in progress. Now, that said, there are things that are happening that are terrible. There are things that the society is – members of this society are doing and as a collective, decisions that are being made there that are really not cool. Um, uh, I was reading uh, some news story dealio on the, the interwebs today, and there was a, um, uh, an activist, a social activist from a Russian social activist who was talking about this and saying, you know, this, this stuff about um, basically what are kind of viewed as anti-gay laws is kind of a way of saying it, though, of course, they're not explicitly about homosexuality or, or anything like this, um, but they're about non-traditional sexuality is what the laws are about. Um, and one of them is about the, a ban on disseminating propaganda. So when you get that kind of language in there, it, this person had said, well, this kind of points or leads us back to the Middle Ages. And, and I actually disagree with that. I think, it, I think it's kind of like, frankly, kind of like pre-fascist. Uh, and just look up look up some news stories on, on this anti uh, this anti um, you know dis dissemination of uh, of uh, propaganda uh, law and just just read about it. So so anyway, I was I was reading about this today and seeing that about eighty percent of the population of Russia is a member of the 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 Orthodox Church. 
So to be understanding of this society and this culture, we need to understand that, you know, there's a traditional uh, religious thing that, that that's uh, flowing through history, you know, into their modern day. So there is a conservative element there. I argue, though, that the society itself is learning about how to do how to do some of these things while being activated by the Grand Cross. Um, the chart that I'm using, um, apparently there are several different charts, and I just uh, I did a search and I read uh, an explanation from astrologer Lynn Hayes about which chart. Uh, she explained, you know, there are several charts and so and so does this, and she's she does this particular one, um, and it is when um, when the Russian Federation declared independence from the Soviet Union. That's June 12th, 1990. So let me give the let me give the data for you. Uh, June 12th, 1990, I guess I said that, 9.45 a.m. in Moscow. So, um, you know, right away we can see a Gemini sun on the midheaven implying flexibility. But anyway, um, <laughs> that, that might not be happening. But what's what, one of the things that stood out to me uh, is the moon in Aquarius on the fifth house north node. If something's on the north node for a country. It means that as a collective, the people who are being born into this society need to learn – to integrate this, need to learn how to do this. Now, this is inclusion. Moon is about belonging and togetherness and inclusiveness. When a person has moon conjunct the north node, that person needs to find the right family. That person needs to find the right tribe and needs to learn how to create happiness in a way that his or her ancestors and, and actually current, you know, present-day family can't uh, teach him or her. Sometimes this actually is a signature of adoption as well because they're, they need to find the right, uh, you know, the right thing and belonging might not be a part of their karmic history, meaning I can't raise you. I have to, you know, somebody else needs to raise you. That's kind of a not belonging feeling and that would go with moon on the north node. And this is an Aquarius. So uniqueness, you know, <laughs> uh, including people of all different kinds. So this is a general struggle with this particular country over the long term. As long as this this particular country is existing, this will be a struggle for it. This is a north node. It's something that's new. A Leo south node has to do with uh, sometimes with conformity, sometimes with there's an idea that we orbit – and we're not original. We're not Aquarius. We, you know, we, and we take things personally. We have a certain level of pride in how things are. So it's kind of a setup here. But then you have Venus and Taurus opposing Pluto and Scorpio. <laughs> Venus in the eighth, Pluto in the second. And uh, this also, you know, and then um, each of these is ten degrees from that moon. So I'd, I'd, I'd kind of not count it. But because they're all implicated with the nodes, it's kind of, kind of bleeding together a little bit. Um, so, uh, you know, Pluto in Scorpio opposing Venus in Taurus. Pluto in Scorpio is the truth of how things really are, and you can't deny it. Venus in Taurus is, well, we'd really like things to be this way and trying to control things. And then Venus, Scorpio, sorry, Venus and uh, Pluto opposing each other will, will often bring up conversations about sexuality and the truth of how things are versus how they should be. And it's, the, it's a war between intense water and placid earth, right? You know, fiery water, Pluto and Scorpio, opposing uh, Venus and Taurus. Let's let's just keep things the way they are, and let's just look at what's happening on the surface, and let's not get into all that crazy stuff. Because the other thing, um, this, this uh, law that's about, um, as I mentioned, the one I was talking about earlier, that's about uh, not – or you know, like banning the dissemination of propaganda regarding non-traditional sexual activities or unions or something. Um, you know, trying to protect marriage, you know, and heterosexual parentage and families as you know as important. That that whole thing is actually part of an amendment to um, another law, which is about. Uh, keeping pornography away from children. So that's a, and that's another thing that sets off a red flag for me about um, it's not about kind of hearkening back to a middle age period of thought, but it's about kind of letting letting something get out of control so that you're not really aware of the truth of it because there are people who assume that gay people and uh, just say LGBT people kind of to you know, to, to make an inclusive group, that those people are a problem and that they're ruining our world. And hey, pornography is probably their fault. Like, you know, it's not. Of course, it's not true. As I've discussed on this show elsewhere, 
including the show Sexual Energy Anatomy. You can go back and listen to that from uh, sometime in December. I think you should listen to it. Like if this is the first one you're hearing or if you're just kind of um, you know popping in to, to check out what the show is about, this astrology channeling, whatever. Anyway, go back and listen to that. But um, – you know, LGBT community is not the source or the uh, problem about pornography or, you know, what's wrong with our society and how our kids are getting ruined or whatever. We're doing that. <laughs> that's, that's everybody else probably. So anyway, um, also in this chart, we have um, Neptune at 13 Capricorn, Uranus at 8 Capricorn. Each is retrograde. They're together. They're conjunct. Uh, so Neptune is how we surrender. Uranus is how we create freedom and innovation. It's in Capricorn, the sign of concrete reality, practicality, authority, structure, discipline. And uh, Capricorn is the sign, one of the signs of the status quo. And that is square Mars and Aries. And actually, these two things are in the fourth house, and the Mars and Aries is in the seventh house. So again, as long as this uh, country is defined, is the way it is, meaning – you know, there sometimes are political changes, regime changes, as there, you know, as happened in the early 90s here. Uh, but as long as this country is intact the way it is, this will be a problem as well. How do we deal with things that are different? How do we deal with, uh, you know, individuals who are not within the bell curve? Mars and Aries is an instinctive energy. It is also about sexuality. You have Venus and Taurus opposing Pluto, and you have Mars and Aries square Uranus in Capricorn. So there is this explosive element of what people are like versus what the predominant opinion is that they should be. So uh, anyway, you have the majority of people who think that you know homosexuality is wrong, etc., the whole kind of list of things. You can do your own research. But I want to talk about some of this in terms of this Grand Cross because uh, – the Cardinal Grand Cross because Mars and Aries at 8 and the Uranus uh, – Neptune at 8 Capricorn, they're, they're being activated. So this square, this tension, this need to break free and perhaps um, you know Mars and Aries square Uranus and Capricorn do some stupid stuff <laughs> in the attempt to do the right thing. Uh, can be really predominant. And um, I don't – sometimes I um, – well, I don't want to be like a doomsayer or a naysayer, but I think that the situation in that country is going to get worse before it gets better because they need – as a society, as a collective, they need to find out some wrong ways of doing things. And these are already happening, some, uh, some um, issues with attacks and violence and things like that in addition to this legislation that – you know, is, is, is kind of having a lot of trickle-down effect and affecting a lot of people in different ways. And homosexuality is not mentioned in the le legislation, but it is implied because there is this, um, at least from what I've, what I've read uh, today, spent a couple hours reading about this, which I actually don't usually do a lot of research for this show because I'm usually explaining soul's journey and charts and things like that. But this one really kind of called out for me to um, act like I live on Earth <laughs> instead of just being a channel, etc. So... Um, right now we have Mars in Libra, transiting in Libra, and then we have that uh, square, Jupiter in Cancer. We have that square, Uranus in Aries, and then we have that square, Pluto in Capricorn, and these together make a grand cross. What that is is two sets of planets in opposition that happen to be squaring each other. Now, it's building rather slowly. It's exact, uh, I think, the third week in, in April. Uh, it's, it's more or less exact at that point where all of them, I believe, are at 16 and change. Um, so uh, this is this is building, but it is in play uh, right now. And also that new moon of um, Capricorn, which happened on January 1st, was at a, just under like 1054 or something Capricorn. So it was actually um, close to the midpoint of this Uranus-Neptune conjunction in Capricorn and square that Mars. So this is – and actually there, this um, – Russia's Jupiter is at 15 Cancer conjunct Chiron. So there is this you know, activation of that T-square in general. So a lot of energy starting to build, a, a new seed at that new moon activating this T-square. And, uh, and, you know, and the Grand Cross activating a T-square. So lots of energy. I just want to put your attention on this to, to kind of understand this actually as one kind of way that the Cardinal Grand Cross energies – are coming out in the world. There are going to be myriad examples. Um, I, I know I've heard at least three other things in the last week that kind of global issues or um, 
uh, with countries in different parts of the world who are who are having something happen like this, and uh, you know, like some groups saying, "Well, this is how it has to be," and some other groups saying, "No, it can't." And um, uh, so it's happening in many ways. I want you to keep, I want you to keep your eyes open for it and be aware of how these things happen because these issues are going to present the ways that different pe- groups of people and governments and and people around the world are dealing with it are going to represent different possibilities. And I want you to see what some possibilities are so that you can actually choose what really works best for you. So now I'm going to take a moment uh, and describe what each of these energies is about, what the Grand Cross does. But I want to tell you that um, subscribers uh, to my new service actually get an in-depth, uh, an in-depth uh, explanation of it. And I'm going to be following that every month and updating perspectives as we go. So every month for a few months, there's going to be stuff on this Grand Cross and, and new developments and other transits that activate it as it builds up. Uh, so, you, so you want to be on board for that because um, it's quite a lot of depth. As I said, 74 minutes uh, of videos plus 17 minutes of a channeled MP3. Um, I can't do 91 minutes of material, so I guess 93. Anyway, um, so, so um, you know, tension builds. We need to act out. We need to do something about it. We may be inspired to act out, but we need to learn how to be grounded enough to choose something proactive to relieve the tension. Uh, as we have Mars and Libra opposing Uranus and Aries, there is a self and other issue. Um, you know, what I want, what I need, what you want, what you need, and how can I uh, free myself from dynamics where, you know, I'm, I'm giving what I don't want to give or I can't get what I want or those kinds of things, Mars and Libra, Uranus and Aries. Mars rules Aries, and so you have in each, you know, in that particular opposition, you have this fiery element, and Uranus is electric and sudden. So there is the potential for tempers being temporarily lost, uh, you know, uh, gone, you know, thrown to the wind, and indulging perhaps even in something that that frustrates you. I actually had this the other day. I had to reschedule a, a client appointment because I just was so frustrated about something, and I was in it. And I knew I couldn't do good work for her, so she she graciously graciously agreed to do it a day later. Um, but so this is one of the possibilities. Energy is coming to the surface. Tension is rising. Um, then we have Jupiter and Cancer squaring each of those. And Jupiter and Cancer says emotions can be big. Now we need to expand through being in our hearts, which means dealing with feelings. And uh, we have to deal with with anger. We have to deal with what you know with what is under the surface, and that brings in the opposition to Pluto element of that. Pluto always represents what is under the surface. So all this tension about change. Cardinal signs are about action. Each of these four planets is in a cardinal sign, and they're pushing on each other and pulling and opposing and. Squares are pressure and friction and criticism, and, and oppositions are challenges and confrontations. So it's all these things trying to move. So it's ideally about change. Will you let yourself change? I think in terms of this conversation about uh, Russia's LGBT problem, um, you know, actually anybody, including you know Russia as a collective, can choose not to change. Uh, we, we can all choose that, but we will have certain outbursts and perhaps temper, temper tantrums uh, you know, as individuals, if we don't, because energy is trying to come up, and Ener- like like tension comes up, we need to remove it. One square can, especially between outer planets, as you know, such as Pluto Uranus together, uh, can seem as though tectonic plates pressing up against each other. So think about your uh, seventh grade geology class, your uh, you know, <laughs> whatever your your rocks class, or whatever, and um, understand there's this like long term building pressure, especially outer planets, because Tension can build over time as the effect matures, and you know the thing doesn't go away. You know, and you're like, well, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll do something about that. And then a week later, you're like, wow, yeah, I really, I can tell right now, I forgot to do something about that. And then a month later, you're like, I don't, I don't know if I can deal with not doing something. So it's kind of like long-term pressure. The pressure builds. This is happening. And up until, you know, end of April, it will escalate from now. I think it's April 22nd or so. Uh, and so this is, um, you know, tension needs to, to come up because pressure is building for something that doesn't work. So uh, time now for the first break or second break. Um, this is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. Stick with me. I'll be right back.
for answers to help you navigate life. The book, Jehudi Speaks, offers wisdom channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times. Jehudi Speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on Earth now. A compilation of four channeled books, Jehudi Speaks explores karmic relationships, our relationships with animals, loss and death of all kinds, why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. back to the soul's journey this is tom jacobs i'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel and other things that uh on the web at tdjacobs.com and uh, uh tonight on the show i'm talking about um russia's problem with non-standard or non-traditional sexuality and um you know as i mentioned earlier we want to give the benefit of the doubt to individuals when we're understanding their biographies we should be just as um open-minded when we look at the chart of a loving mother of five as as somebody who hurts other people like we we really need to do that give people the benefit of the doubt because it isn't it is important to understand if you're if you're going to explore evolutionary astrology which is a perspective that understands how people change over time and looks at this idea of soul and however you define soul you know you can do your own thing, but how I define it is a portion of divine consciousness, basically stumbling around, bumping into other ones in the dark, trying to figure out the right way to behave, the right way to understand its, its own creative power. So, and each of us is always manifesting something based on the 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 uh, kind of invitations to learn about things that soul sets out for us. So we do that on an individual scale. We look at somebody's choices, and we, you know, uh, people don't want to look at the at the charts of um, people who have hurt other people as, um, you know, with giving them the benefit of the doubt. We have been trained into thinking about evil in a certain way, and I mentioned this this thing uh, that's happening. Uh, it's kind of slowly building in in, in Russia about about non-standard or non-traditional sexual union and, and families and partnerships. Um, you know, so one commentator saying that it was um, kind of harkens back to the Middle Ages, and I said, well, it's kind of pre-fascist. I don't want to say how scary it is, but it's really scary. I don't think that it will ever get kind of really bad because the world, you know, especially the big, you know, barking dog that is America, is always looking around at other people, uh, you know, misbehaving and will kind of do it. So I don't think that it's going to turn into some kind of thing like we've seen uh, in the previous century with a couple of different um, fascist or nationalist states. But I do, uh, I do think that it's uh, it's really frightening for people who are who are experiencing it, who are basically portions of divine intelligence. All that is, you know, por- portions of goddess and god figuring out how to live their lives and honor themselves. And I'll tell you that the the deal with homosexuality is this. Uh, and this is, um, I think this might be covered in one of the books in Jehudi Speaks, but uh, there, there's a, uh, which is the, the channeled book about, um, well, it's about all kinds of things. Uh, to prepare us to uh, move into the Aquarian Age, uh, channeling the Ascended Master Jehudi in these four books about all kinds of things. But the deal with homosexuality from the soul's perspective is that we are each learning about what love is, where it comes from, and who's responsible for giving it to whom. This is the primary thing about every single human journey as an individual as well as when humans band together in collectives of various kinds. This is it. What love is, where it comes from, and who's responsible for giving it to whom. Now, saying that, 
I didn't say what the answer is. Like, what is it? Uh, you know, where does it come from? Who's responsible for giving it to whom? The, the, the thing is that we each need to, to learn that we can choose to become the source of love for ourselves. This is an affirmation that sometimes is given by the Ascended Master or the Archangel I, I channel uh, or the guides of a person. Uh, it's kind of an all-purpose one. I'm the source of love. And it's a way of, of taking back uh, well, one of the cliches might be taking back the power, but but uh, really taking back uh, any kind of energy leaks that may uh, – sealing them up that may exist if you're waiting for somebody else to love you, which is to say validate you. And sometimes that can be even just acknowledging you, that kind of thing. Um, so you are the source of love. Become that for yourself. The, the thing with homosexuality in all its forms is that this is one of the ways – that souls can have a variety of contexts, a variety of social situations, uh, family situations, relationship dynamics, you know, um, social uh, equality possibilities, and and the, the the struggle for equality, and kind of like getting recognition and validation and equal rights. This is one of the formats that the soul chooses for a person. So all those people out there who think that there's something wrong with people who are not standardly heterosexual, um, it's absolutely bogus. I think that underneath the surface, I'm actually really clear that when we get beyond conditioning, we are all bisexual. Uh, and I think that it's really important for us to understand what love is. And, and, and having a non-standard or having you know, a, a non-traditional – is the way that this, you know, statute in, in Russia talks about it. A non-traditional sexual experience uh, as a human being is a way that soul learns about love, learns about love within social cons constructs, within different contexts. So this is um, this is the deal. It's like it's like in one in one, um, you know, let's say that a major theme of of your soul is to learn about um, uh, education. In some lives, you, you may not have access to education. In other lives, you may. Uh, it's kind of like almost kind of a guarantee that all around uh, you, you'll, you'll experience all possibilities over time. And your soul will say, oh, well, over here, you're supposed to have orange skin to have social opportunity. But, ah, this manifestation of me, this person who is me, has green skin. So so that's a that's a challenge. Okay, got it. In this, in this other life, um, everybody is supposed to have purple hair. But you know what? My hair is naturally is is naturally white or something, and so these are the the, the varieties of um, of contexts that uh, are the learning are the landscapes for the soul to learn about being human, given the themes it's experiencing. With homosexuality, it can be anything. I mean, it can be equality, it can be recognition, it can be validation, it can be. Um, justice, you know, it can be it can be anything that the soul says this, this person needs to learn about power and power empowerment, being one's own authority figure, kind of just like touching on keywords of a bunch of archetypes around the wheel. Um, but it could be anything, and each is is you know a possibility. So you know, some of us are learning about relationships, some of us are learning about money, some of us are learning about education, some of us are learning about working with the universe, living in harmony and surrendering to the truth. Some of us are learning about um, leadership and some of us are learning about structure. So we're all over the place and a bunch of different life experiences can count toward that, which is why when you say – I'm kind of on a tangent, but I'm going to do this anyway. Um, if you ask me to look at your chart and say um, – you know, maybe somebody's house burned down. Maybe that person calls me and says, "Hey, why did that happen? Is it because Mars is in my fourth house?" And that might be a really obvious kind of thing. But in fact, anything happening to us, including you know, I'm mean, thinking about that example because I wrote an article a few years ago about karma to understand it uh, before the Soul's Journey trilogy was written, which I recommend you read. By the way, the Soul's Journey one, two, and three. The first one lays out all the teachings about soul and karma and how to change karma, and then does like a couple of different, or a couple dozen um, examples for my client files and celebrity charts to bring the concepts to life. So it explains soul and all this stuff. Second one is a workshop to bring that to life for seven people and then their stories and their charts. And the third third volume, a case study, is 19 of my own other lives, which we would typically call past lives, in order to, um, to show you how to deal emotionally with a bunch of things that may be unearthed as you do emotional healing and learn how to become a multidimensional being. But um, – uh, before that book, there was this article, and I talked about, well, maybe maybe you need to be stirred into 
self-sufficiency. And so the loss of a home could do that. Maybe you need to learn about relying on your community. Well, that could be a theme that the burning of a house would serve. Maybe you need to learn about um, focusing on what's essential. Well, that would be another thing. You know, being aware of resources, um, um, seeing the importance of having a home base. So I'm just kind of touching, you know, almost anonymously on these archetypes, but it could be a bunch of different possibilities. And the same thing with somebody who has some non-heterosexual experience and orientation. The same thing with somebody, you know, anyway, all these different things are possible. Um, uh, now I want to look at Putin's chart a little bit. Vladimir Putin, the president of uh, of Russia, and he, uh, he did eight years. He did two four-year terms. And then he went off and did other things politically, and then he came back and is president in the six-year term, um, which the their constitution was updated to allow that. And so he's serving one term; he can't be reelected. Um, and uh, what I what I want to what I want to talk about um, with him actually, let me look. Let me look and see what might be highlighted for him and, and with this uh, Grand Cross. Actually, um, over the next few years, uh, Pluto and Uranus will. Will be active. It's actually doing it now because the sun's at 14 Libra. Let me give you his data. I always forgot that already. 7 October 1952, 1952, in St. Petersburg, Russia. And I'm not using a birth time. I found one online that was rated C, which is like fourth out of six, and six is we have no idea, you know? So anyway, so I'm not using it. Um, and so he has a sun at Libra, at, at Libra 14. And that's actually square Uranus at uh, uh, 18 Cancer. So Jupiter's on the Uranus, and uh, Mars is near the Sun, and Uranus is opposing the Sun, and Pluto's you know opposing Uranus and squaring the Sun. So he's being activated too, and uh, he's a he's a Saturn Sun person. So he needs to be an authority figure, and he may tend towards being conservative because of that. Um, you know, obviously somebody who is elected to this is actually why I want to contrast this next week. With Pope Francis, because he's doing things that people are thinking are weird, but Putin really doesn't. Putin is really a part of his culture and really, you know, extends his culture as a, you know, into the rest of the world, being being a comfortable spokesperson for, you know, cultural norms for him. And the and the Pope, uh, the current Pope, you know, doesn't really do that. He has some interesting interesting things and has some other perspectives that I'll talk about next week. And that's why I chose to do uh, him next week and uh, Putin this week. Um, but but Lucifer, the asteroid Lucifer, something that I work with quite a lot, uh, asteroid 1930, is conjunct this Sun and Saturn and also Neptune and Mercury at 21 and 23 Libra. Um, so when the Sun is conjunct Lucifer, you have to figure out the right way to have an ego, and you have to uh, do that. Well, with Saturn there, Saturn infuses that conjunction. And so Saturn might say you have to control who you are. You have to, have to be very controlling. Uh, Neptune's in there, you know, so he's probably extremely intuitive, but Saturn says, well, we probably have to control things. Let's not get a crazy here. So Mercury-Neptune is actually the aspect I have that results in channeling. So so he's got that, but it, but it's, um, mine's in Sagittarius, but his is in, is in uh, Libra, so he's be very intuitive about other people. Uh, and within, you know, interactions with people. But conjunct Saturn, Sun, Lucifer, we tend to control Saturn stuff when it's in our chart, wherever it is. Saturn tends to limit that. So he's got to be an authority figure, but the way he's an authority figure might seem kind of rigid. And we're definitely, definitely seeing that with him. He does have, um, Pluto conjunct the Leo South node. So I mentioned, uh, Russia having Leo South node. Sometimes that can come out as conformity because somebody is orbited or some ideal can be orbited with a strong uh, sun energy. And Pluto is here. So he's no stranger to intense power dynamics, and probably at some points in government, like in this life. Uh, when he was a little kid, he was really he was reading a part of a bi- biography of him today. He was drawn towards kind of espionage characters, spy characters uh, in film. And, um, and uh, yeah, so because Lilith is here, he's, he was actually very rambunctious. And uh, there was this kind of club I was reading uh, 45 kids in in his grade he was the he was the only one who was not invited to be this kind of you know young soviet 
club is what it was, kind of a way of, um, you know, uh, teaching the kids how to be the right kinds of adults as, as, as kids. And he was too rambunctious. He wasn't acceptable. And so there's uh, Pluto Lilith in, in uh, Leo down there. Um, but there is an element of conformity with Leo, and, and I want to stress that. And again, Aquarius North Node, change um not not change flexibility like gemini but but uniqueness and embodying uh what's what's different and and there is a humanitarian thing about um aquarius uh, some of the process involves um figuring out what we're really good at and figuring out where our individual genius lies and then creating community to do that you know to uh, to do something with that and then um so we have to return to community once we do the individual Uranus journey. And this is an idea, by the way, from astrologer Maurice Fernandez. I'm kind of butchering it. He's another evolutionary astrologer. Heard him speak at a conference a few years ago. He was talking about, I think, seven stages of the Uranus archetype. Um, so I'm kind of butchering it a little bit. That's where I get this. I, I, if I had more time, I'd go into it a little more. Um, but, you know, Uran, uh, Uranus ruled North Node is about accepting what's different. So he, as the president of this country, they have the same nodes. And then he has, you know, Pluto conjunct his south node, and he also has that Sun Saturn Lucifer conjunction. So, so the kind of um, conservative thing that that you know is happening there is um, there's kind of a unique uh, chemistry, I think, for this collective to learn about how to be inclusive with its Moon and Aquarius on the Aquarius North node, and getting away from from some ideal. In which pride is uh, from which pride is taken, and getting into how people actually are, and I think that's a learning journey for this collective in general. So that's my that's my story on that. I'm um, I felt a little like on a shaky full legs heading into mundane astrology a little bit, talking about politics. But I do think about it, and occasionally I do blog posts on political figures and uh, sometimes you know things happening in nations. Um, uh, but yeah, that that's a little interesting thing. And again. Next week, I'm going to talk about uh, Pope Francis. And when you look at his picture, I, I look at pictures and, and sometimes get intuitive insights. And he is not like any other pope that I have looked at the picture of. Uh, kind of, um, he's just got a different vibe happening. I'm going to look at that. I look at his 12th house south node and uh, and the ruler uh, in the seventh house. So building bridges, which is one of the phrases that's used about him. So um, – I also want to tell you about the uh, Lilith Intensive that starts on January 19th. Go to teachjacobs.com, and on the right-hand side, the middle part of the page, you'll see uh, graphics that will link you through to all these events. The subscription service, the Lilith Intensive, which is a six-week thing to get deeply into the True Black Moon and Asteroid Lilith uh, in your chart. I'm excited about that. It starts on January 19th, just 11 days from now. Um, donate to support the show if you if you like this. Go to teachjacobs.com, and you'll see a link to the radio show. And, um, you know, it costs money to put on the air. I'm happy to bring you these teachings. I love sharing with you. And it's really great when you can send me a few bucks uh, to help me out with the show. So thanks again for joining me. I'm Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. This has been The Soul's Journey, and I'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.